to trust that everything what we need in order to wake up is already present. It's already present within us. And if we attend to it and if we train ourselves accordingly, it will become more and more part of our lives. And it has its own intelligence and its own momentum. We just need to be, become aware of it and attend to it. You know, to give it enough energy so that it can start to become more and more powerful. And uh, the teachings of the Buddha are you know, a collection of uh, instructions which are there you know, to give us uh, guidelines how that can be accomplished. And, and those teachings, they are not descriptive in the sense you know, that they tell us the way things are, but they are rather prescriptive in the sense that they give us tools so that we can experience for ourselves the way things are. Because that simplicity can very, cannot be communicated in words very well. But we can you know, get guidelines and pointers from the Buddha and from other teachers, depending on what has worked for them. They have different ways of expressing that same teaching. And then, you know, we resonate with one teacher more than with another. And then, or, you know, one tradition maybe is closer to our hearts than another one. And, but only through applying those pointers, through applying those instructions, can we really see for ourselves. And only that, you know, seeing for ourselves is liberating. So... We have said, you know, in this uh, weekend retreat, we want to work with what's called the four foundations of mindfulness. Or a better way to say is like four different ways of shedding, um, you know, awareness onto our experience. And that's one of the main suttas in the Pali Canon. And it really has, you know, comprises of all of the basic instructions. They are all we can find them all in the Satipatthana Sutta. And I'm sure you know you have all heard about those four foundations of mindfulness, but I just want to go through them shortly once. The first one is, is the foundation of the body, kaya. That means, you know, simply turning our awareness, our mindfulness towards the bodily experience, the sensations of hardness and softness and weight, pressure, tingling, hot and cold and everything in between. So it's, it's a direct getting in touch with the somatic experience of having or being a body. Very simple, not adding anything extra on top of it. That's what we usually do. So just coming simply into the body, experiencing it by you know, being mindful of the body, breathing in and breathing out just as it is, not forcing it to be any different than what it is. And knowing, you know, if we do pay attention and if we have a stable posture, the body in conjunction with the mind will settle. So that's the first foundation. And then the second foundation is a foundation of feelings or Vedana in Pali language, not to be, you know, mixed up with emotions 
or sensations, but just like the simple uh, knowing of uh, the present moment as pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. It's a very kind of a quick summary information about something, some experience, you know, in, in, in terms of wanting it or not wanting it. So that underlies that reaction which we bring then to our experiences. And it starts with, that, with the feeling. So being able to notice the underlying feeling is, is very instructive. It gives us a lot of information about why we are acting, thinking, you know, emoting in a certain way because it all was kicked up by that feeling which we are very often unconscious of. And then the next foundation is uh, the foundation of mind, citta. And that's, you know, the effective uh, component of our experience. Meaning, you know, how we are affected by this feeling, for example, and then how we are meeting our experience. It's like a certain kind of, a, you could say, um, coloring through which we meet our lives. And it can often be also quite unconscious, you know, having a certain level of anxiety or aversion or attachment towards a present moment experience and actually not being aware of it and then, you know, projecting that all on what's going on out there. But in reality, what we are seeing is very much colored by the state of our mind. So, you know, paying attention to that, to, to what the chitta is um, affected with in the present moment gives us a lot of information also about how we interact, you know, with the present moment. And then the fourth one is, is the foundation of uh, Dhamma with a lowercase d, not Dhamma with a, with a capital D, which is the teaching of the Buddha, or also you know, translated as, as truth sometimes, or nature. But in that case, it's with a small d, so that's the fun, all of phenomena, the cognitive experience, which can arise in the mind. And the Buddha has given us you know, many different lists how we can reflect on those, such as the five hindrances, the seven factors of enlightenment, four noble truths, the five khandhas, the six sense fears. So many different lists, you know, how we can make an inroad onto our messy minds, you know. So in those four foundations of mindfulness, they are, you know, a, a skillful means how we can dissect our life into certain conceptual Streams, you know, which we can really experience, and through that, you know, we are opening up that that whole uh, overwhelming experience, which we call life. And then there's just like this kind of very skillful map, which is only concepts, but they are very skillful and they help us, you know, to to make some space around our experience, and then we can start to see you know, the natural processes revealing themselves and, you know, more and more we realize 
that these processes are actually not me or mine. They are very impersonal processes which are functioning in everybody. You know, actually in all phenomena which are arising and ceasing in nature. And we are part of that. We are not separate from that. And that's, you know, a fully enlightened being is, is somebody who has completely realized that non-separation from nature. And this, you know, insight has never been as uh, important as it is right now in this time, you know, where we are actually set on a course of wiping ourselves off this very beautiful planet because we live so much against the laws of nature. Because for such a long time we have been invested in thinking, you know, that we could... uh, rule nature and that we can just take what we want. Yeah, and this practice is, is is very simple because you know at the end of the path that is a complete realization of our non separateness from nature. And the word Dhamma, you know, which is used for the teaching of the Buddha means nature also. For example, in the Thai language, the, the word for natural in the daily language is dhammachat. Dhamma means nature and chat means chati, means birth. Born of nature. Born of truth. And this practice, you know, brings, brings us back to that realization we are born of nature. We are born of truth. And the Latin word, you know, for, for nature, natura, also means actually birth. Or it can also mean quality or character. So it's a, you know, that is a very deep ancient wisdom which we have forgotten. Because, you know, we are so stuck in our concepts, we, we have lost that deep groundedness and we have forgotten it and this practice you know can bring it back because it's all in here because we are here and we are in constant exchange we are processes we are not you know separate entities and you know as the climate crisis now reveals to us is you know the power doesn't lie in separate entities you know wielding uh, you know, one on top of the other, exploiting or taking. But the power lies in the realization of the, re- the relationship between those entities and that we are not separate from each other. And this practice, you know, can bring that home to us, not by, you know, reading about it or even hearing about it, but by applying the technology of meditation, applying those instructions and then experiencing it for ourselves, you know, when there are moments, especially, you know, during a retreat, we can have those moments where we are really resting in the simplicity of the present moment. And then, you know, there is this, uh, the purity and the luminosity of the simplicity of the truth communicates beyond words. And it just flashes up, maybe, you know, when you're out there walking or sitting here. 
but this is like a, a fresh breath of air, you know, opening the window and just looking out. And then, you know, those moments, they can become more and more through practice. It's, it's a process of purification. And those four foundations of mindfulness are a map, you know, which we can use to walk into the territory which can be very confusing and stressful and painful. You know, our lives, basically. The mess of our lives, you know, where there's always something to attend to, always something changing, always a certain amount of stress. And those four foundations of mindfulness enable us, you know, to get a handle on that. Not, you know, do not attend to those issues because we need to attend to them, but we attend to them with more confidence and with more um, lightness. Because we can see that that which is always changing, that which is a process, you know, needs, it needs our constant input, but not in the way that we are trying, you know, to stop change, but just attending to it in, in a way which is uh, informed by wisdom and compassion. And, and that wisdom and compassion is a result of practicing and uh, applying the instructions. Because then we can see for ourselves, you know, we are not separate from nature and we are not separate from others. We are all, you know, in the same boat and we have maybe slightly different tastes or colorations of challenges, you know, but we all have challenges. And, you know, I brought one quote from the Anguttara Nikaya, that's one of the four you know, big books in the, in the Pali Canon, which is like a, one of the, uh, one way how we can summarize the, the teachings of the Buddha. And here he says, Whosoever is emancipated from the world does so by removing the five hindrances. So meaning, you know, removing that you know, kind of agitated mind, by just settling it, you know, for a while through meditation, firmly establishing the mind in the four foundations of mindfulness, as I was saying before, and cultivating the seven factors of enlightenment. So, you know, if the hindrances are calmed for a certain amount of time and the mind, you know, is mindful in one of the four foundations of mindfulness or goes in between. We don't have to just stay with one. At that time, we are cultivating the seven factors of enlightenment. We are strengthening mindfulness and you know, we are strengthening our energy. We are having you know, a certain amount of joy. If we can see more clearly, then the mind settles even more then there is more focus and more equanimity. And through that, you know, there is more capacity again, you know, to be with what is. And it's a, it's a kind of a spiral, you know, which becomes 
more and more able to be steady enough so it can go into the depths of our experience rather than being caught on the surface. You know, being caught in the content, being identified with all of the stories, but just going deeper and seeing, you know, what's underneath, what motivates us to escape, you know, into the thinking process so much. What, what is it which we don't want to be with? And I know very well what it is. It is, you know, being with the sensations in the body, being aware of the feelings, you know, seeing what affects the mind, and just being with that and trusting that it's going to change because there's nothing whatsoever which doesn't change. So it's, it's that encouragement, you know, that we can all do that. And using the four foundations of mindfulness as inroads into that jungle, you know, of the mind. And then from standing on one of those four roads, you know, we can, we have a certain perspective. And then through just kind of not deviating as much as we can, you know, we can go deeper and deeper into that jungle and see, you know, what is really happening there. And not, you know, being so fascinated by all the different plants and things you see in the jungle, but by seeing rather how, how it operates. And the first, you know, insight we have, the most easy one to access usually is, is seeing the changingness of everything. And then taking solace from that truth. We don't have to, you know, kind of make it change. It's changing by itself. But what we, our contribution is, you know, to stay rooted in the, in the awareness, in what's called also the refuge. You know, when we were taking refuge in the Buddha yesterday, we were taking refuge in that capacity for awareness. It's not only, you know, the historical Buddha sitting there, you know, who has been starting with this line of teaching, but it's also the capacity we share with him and with every other human being, you know, the capacity for being aware of our experience in one of the four foundations rather than being identified and carried away in becoming it. So that's you know, why it's so close, because it's always already here. We just need to remember it. And that's what you know, the word sati, which is often translated as mindfulness, a word for it is also sat, is to remember. And for example, in the Thai language, you know, saying, I forgot. You say, lum sati, that means I, you know, the word sati is part of that. So for the Thai language has a lot of Dhamma words in it, which is used, you know, in, in everyday language still today. And it gives a, shines a light on what those, you know, those words we find in the scriptures, they have a real immediate application, you know, for our lives here and now. And, you know, and what are the most important, you know, supports for that practice is really wise attention internally and externally it's, it's spiritual friendship. It's very important. You know, for example, now we give that gift to each other that we built that monastic structure together, you know, for this weekend. It's a great gift, you know, you give to each other. And then 
you know, maybe when you go back to your lives, you, you have, uh, have some uh, group you, you visit from time to time. I think it's really important to exchange with others about your practice, your experience, because it helps us to depersonalize it and take it a bit less, um, you know, it's not so dramatic as we think it is. And, you know, we have on our office door, we have a sticker which says, uh, more dharma, less drama. I think that's a very good motto. Even, you know, I'm not kind of 100% uh, able to do it yet, but I can see it on the door. <laughs> and then I remember that, you know, I put it there, actually. <laughs> so, it's all not as... Um, impossible, you know, as it, as it sometimes feels. And those four foundations of mindfulness are a very good map which we can apply. So we, we want to encourage you to, to um, do that for, for this weekend. And you know, share with you what, what we have learned over the years. It's a long time now, and it does really work. It just is different than from what we think, you know. Because one of the real kind of very powerful insights is that we, we can see, you know, it's not the ego doing the grasping, but it's the grasping which is producing the ego. You know, there's nobody there who is doing the grasping. But the grasping is like different patterns, you know, which we have been conditioned into since lifetimes, or at least, you know, if you don't believe in that, then from the moment we came out of the womb of our mothers. And those different, you know, patterns, they are producing what we experience as ego. And the ego is not doing that. And once those patterns get, you know, lighter and lighter, purification process, we clear them out through awareness. In the same way, you know, the ego becomes fainter and fainter. And, you know, ego is a concept which is produced by those patterns. It's like a, a very tight shoe, you know, which gets a little bit you know, kind of softened through the practice more and more. And then at the end, it's just gotten so spacious, it just drops off. And then, you know, we are liberated into the play of the natural processes. And we no longer experience ourselves as separate and we live in harmony, you know, with all that is. And, you know, at this time, on this planet, this is what is very much needed. And, you know, this is why we always bring this picture with us, because we consider the planet, you know, our biggest teacher right now, you know, holding up a big mirror and saying, this is not working. So, I'm, you know, don't know if we're going to be able to um, wake up early enough or if we need more suffering maybe, you know. The warming is going to provide us with that. 
And it's better we start now. So I'm going to stop now.